Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 303 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading John chapter 12 today and our focus is on what can we learn from the women of the Bible plus the extreme gentleness of Jesus. So welcome into the show. Our goal is to get you involved in daily Bible thinking, understanding, following, obeying, and sharing with other people. Welcome to new listeners in Antioquia, Colombia, New South Wales, Australia, Tokyo, Japan, Nairobi, Kenya, Hormozagon, Iran, Arad, Romania, Gelderland, Netherlands, Port Arthur, Texas, Monterey, California, Montgomery, Alabama, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Phoenix, Arizona, Providence, Rhode Island, Monroe, Louisiana, and Corpus Christi, Texas. Please do, when you get a chance, check out our website, Bible 2021. Every episode of this podcast, 303 so far this year, has its own blog post with a full transcript of the show at Bible2021.com. Mary of Bethany, as I mention pretty much whenever I can, is one of my heroes and one of the great unsung heroes of the Bible. And when I say she's unsung, I don't mean by Jesus or heaven or the saints or the angels or anything like that. Both Jesus and heaven recognize her great value and devotion, but honestly, most of the rest of us don't. But every time we see Mary, she demonstrates to us the power and importance of a greatest commandment first kind of lifestyle. She loves Jesus as wholeheartedly and whole-lifedly as anybody in the Bible. She is always at his feet, listening to him, hanging on his words, and loving him. And in today's reading, she's going to demonstrate her extreme devotion to Jesus. In John 12, verse 1, it says, Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, the one Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha was serving them, and Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of perfume, pure and expensive nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped his feet with her hair, so the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Now, this was no common jar of perfume, but it had a value of 300 denarii, which is basically the equivalent of the pay for 300 days of work, or about 14 months over a year for the average Westerner. So in today's economy, at least in American dollars, that jar of perfume would be worth tens of thousands of dollars, like more than a year's salary, and Mary basically spent it in a few minutes. What a waste, say some of the disciples. What a blessing, says Jesus. She did it to prepare me for burial, he said, noting that she would be remembered forever for her act of radical devotion. What an investment, I say. Nobody in the history of the world has been able to achieve such a level of remembrance with such a small expenditure. What an amazing and remarkable woman. And Catholics, look, I don't get when you elevate Mary, the mother of Jesus, to such a high and unnecessarily exalted pedestal, basically idolizing her and considering her a co-redemptrix with Christ, which is not every Catholic, but many of them, uh, in which is basically blasphemy. But you don't focus on Mary of Bethany nearly enough, and of course, neither do we Protestants. 
Mary of Bethany is an amazing woman of God who better exemplified Jesus' call to a great commandment lifestyle than any other person in Scripture. We can learn from her how to be wholehearted lovers of Jesus and God, that which Jesus said is the single most important commandment there is. Second topic, gentleness. The Lord of the Rings movies are probably my favorite movies of all time. I really like The Prince's Bride as well, and maybe a few others, but there's this incredible scene in the second movie of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, The Two Towers, where Gandalf the wizard tells Aragorn the ranger that he's going to get help, but he he will be back. And he says, look to my coming at first light on the fifth day. At dawn, look to the east. Well, Gandalf is gone for quite some time, and Aragorn and the other heroes are at this fort called Helm's Deep, and it gets surrounded by this massive army of orcs who are about to attack and overwhelm everybody in the fort. And when I say a massive army, I believe at the time the movie came out, this was the biggest group of beings ever portrayed on screen. The tech they used for the time was just incredible. And watching the movie, you get an idea that this is just a massive, massive army. So our heroes are in terrible trouble and they can only hope that Gandalf keeps his word. Well, at the most desperate time when it looks like everybody's just about to be killed by all those orcs, sure enough, here comes Gandalf arriving at first light at the head of a massive army of good guys. And they plunge down the hill gloriously and cut into the orcs. And it just makes you want to cheer because the orcs are bad. These mighty war horses trampling all of these terrible, awful orcs underfoot. And they're on war horses, right? Because that's what majestic heroes ride on. They don't ride on mice or platypuses or skunks or donkeys. They ride on war horses because war horses are tough. And donkeys and mice and skunks and such, not so much so. But we see something unexpected on Palm Sunday when Jesus comes into town. We read about it in today's passage and also in Luke parallel, the Luke parallel in Luke 19 verse 35, which says, they brought the donkey colt to Jesus and after throwing their clothes on the colt, they helped Jesus get on it. And as he was going along, they were spreading their clothes on the road. Now he came near the path down the Mount of Olives and the whole crowd of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. Now, we call it Palm Sunday because our passage today, John 12, 13, tells us they took palm branches and went out to meet him, and they kept shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. And a couple of things we see in this picture that speak to the gentleness of Jesus. Number one, Jesus did not come into the capital city of Israel like Gandalf astride an amazing war horse. He comes on a donkey. A very humble animal, exactly like the prophet Zechariah predicted in Zechariah 9.9. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion, shout in triumph, daughter Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, humble, and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Well, look, this shows us the beautiful gentleness and humility of Jesus He's quite a different sort of king than what we would expect. He's not ostentatious at this time. He's not coming in as a conquering king, showing off all his power. But number two, we see something that you may not know. Uh, it may not be as obvious to you if you don't know at least a little something about donkeys, and not many of us do. But the fact that Jesus rides this unbroken donkey, a young colt, 
through a crowd of shouting and singing people is really strange and incredible. Because the thing is, donkeys or colts take a long time before you can ride on them without them bucking you and going crazy. Meredith Hodges is one of the foremost donkey trainers in the country of the United States of America. She says that training for uh, a donkey colt takes about a full year before you can safely attempt to ride on them. So once again, we see Jesus in a moment being so overwhelmingly gentle that he can get on this donkey and easily ride on it, even in the midst of a loud and cheering crowd. And it's really incredible. And I do want to say that shows us the amazing of gentleness of Jesus. But do remember, he comes back for his second coming, riding on a war horse, because not only is he gentle, but he is mighty. Well, let's read our passage, John chapter 12, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, the one Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha was serving them, and Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of perfume, pure and expensive nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped his feet with her hair. So the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Then one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was about to betray him, said, Why wasn't this perfume sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He was in charge of the money bag and would steal part of what was put in it. Jesus answered, Leave her alone. She has kept it for the day of my burial, for you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. Then a large crowd of the Jews learned he was there. They came not only because of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, the one who he had raised from the dead, But the chief priests had decided to kill Lazarus also, because he was the reason many of the Jews were deserting them and believing in Jesus. The next day, when the large crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took palm branches and went out to meet him, and they kept shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel! Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion, look, your king is coming! sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first. However, when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and that they had done these things to him. Meanwhile, the crowd, which had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to testify. This is also why the crowd met him, because they heard he had done this sign. Then the Pharisees said to one another, You see, we you've accomplished nothing. Look, the whole world has gone after him. Now, some Greeks were among those who went up to worship at the festival, and they said to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and requested of him, Sir, we want to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus replied to them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains by itself, but if it dies, it produces much fruit. The one who loves his life will lose it, and the one who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. Where I am, there my servant also will be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now my soul is troubled. What should I say? Father, save me from this hour? But that's why I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. 
The crowd standing there heard it and said it was thunder. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Jesus responded, this voice came not for me, but for you. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. As for me, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate what kind of death he was about to die. Then the crowd replied to him, We have heard from the law that the Messiah will remain forever. So how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Jesus answered, The light will be with you only a little longer. Walk while you have the light so that the darkness doesn't overtake you. The one who walks in darkness doesn't know where he's going. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become children of light. Jesus said this, then went away and hid from them. Even though he had performed so many signs in their presence, they did not believe in him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet, who said, Lord, who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? This is why they were unable to believe, because Isaiah also said, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so that they would not see with their eyes or understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke about him. Nevertheless, many did believe in him, even among the rulers. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him so that they would not be banned from the synagogue, for they loved human praise more than praise from God. Jesus cried out, The one who believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And the one who sees me sees him who sent me. I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me would not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and doesn't keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me doesn't and doesn't receive my sayings has this as his judge. The word I have spoken will judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken on my own, But the Father himself who sent me has given me a command to say everything I have said. I know that his command is eternal life. So the things that I speak, I speak just as the Father has told me. Amen. Well, let's close with our Bible memory passage for the month of October. It is 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. Amen. Good day, friends, and Godspeed.